0: Amen. We'll welcome. To uh, Choice Online, so glad you're here. If you're catching us on uh, uh, YouTube a little bit uh, later in the day, we did not have a 9 a.m. Uh, because it was so slick out, uh, uh, but uh, uh, we're here now, so uh, so glad you have uh, joined us. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 34. We're going to look in Psalm 34 in just a second. Uh, go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, or we'll have uh, the verses on the screen for you as well, whether you're watching alone or with a, a group. Or uh, I'm thankful for those that uh, have joined us uh, here this morning as we were getting ready, and appreciate uh, uh, all the hard work uh, to be able to minister uh, to you and to our community around us uh, today. So pray uh, that you have a great Valentine's Day and that you uh, just really experience God's love uh, today in your own uh, your own life. Our theme for this year is the truth sets us free. It's uh, God's word that gives us freedom and liberty in our life. And uh, so this year we're talking about theology and uh, Bible doctrines, understanding that truth so we can apply it to our daily life. We're wanting to learn about how God uh, is great and how God is good and he's sovereign and just and love and uh, that he's in control of everything. We're learning about seven different attributes or characteristics of God during this series. And last week we began talking about, is your God too small? How big is your God? Do you view God in the realm of his greatness, his vastness, as we were just singing about, or do we really place God into an idol of something that's just small or in our own image? Well, let me pray and ask God to bless our time as we look into Psalm 34. Dear Father, uh, great are you as we just sang, and God, you are good. Though life isn't always good and we face trials, I pray that we'd better understand how to live out those difficulties as we place our faith in the faithful one. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful truths, wonderful things out of your law. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was first married, Paula would get ready to cook some meals and she would ask, do I like something, do you you like this certain food? And I would say, no, I don't like that food. And then she would ask me a really crazy question. I, I really didn't like this question. So first was, do I like that food? No, here's the second question, have you ever tried that food? And the answer was no. Because I didn't like it, why try something I know I'm not going to like, right? Hopefully that makes sense to you. And she said it just didn't make sense. Why don't you try it? Well, let me give you an illustration. I don't know if you've ever eaten Brussels sprouts, but I've seen Brussels sprouts before. I've smelt Brussels sprouts. I don't know if I'd taste them, but they look mushy. They look kind of gross. And, uh, you know, they can settle hard on your stomach, too, a little bit, right? But I'd only had them... Boiled, or at least seen them boiled, and, and it was like, I don't think I want to eat that. But one day, Paula's aunt brought over some broiled Brussels sprouts, and I tried them, and they were delicious, and they have become a favorite in our house. Probably every week, if not more, uh, we eat Brussels sprouts, not boiled, but broiled, and, and they really are good. And it kind of reminds me that we live in a comfort zone, We live in this little box of uh, perspective, our view of the world, and things kind of make sense inside that world. Uh, That's our point of view, our perspective, how we deal with things in life. And uh, we don't necessarily want to move outside to new experiences. We're kind of comfortable in that, and it can be a little bit difficult. It's the way we view the world, the way we view others' experiences in life, and it just seems to make sense inside of that box or that lens that we have. But as we get older, our perspectives change. We get a little bit older, we go over to a friend's house and we realize their cultures are different, Their backgrounds, their personalities may be different. The way they do things around their house can be kind of different as well. And we realize everything doesn't fit in our own little box. And if you get married, then you marry somebody that is not like you. I I don't know if you know this, but men and women are different they see things a little bit differently. There is some perspectives uh, there uh, differently, right? Uh, our unique backgrounds, where we come from, and our personalities, we come together. And all these things can be very different. Now, We grow up with a certain view of God. Some people grow up, they don't believe in God. That just doesn't make sense to them. Some people see God as a very angry God, or God is just very loving and and gracious, like a big grandpa up in the sky that we can just care for, or that can care for us, I should say. And then life happens. And maybe you haven't believed in God, and you say, life just doesn't make sense. And you say, there must be a God. Or maybe you believe in this loving God, but difficulties come in your life, and you ask the question, is God loving? Is God great? Is God good? Maybe you saw God as an angry God, but you realize that Jesus died on the cross, that we could have salvation. And you realize your perspective begins to change those life experiences. Well, notice Psalm 34, verse 8. This is going to be our key verse this morning, and it's a great verse. We're going to come back to it several times, but notice what it says. Psalm 34 eight: oh, taste and see. What he's talking about there is I want you to experience. It's one thing to know this mentally, but I want you to be able to taste it. I want you to see it. I want this to become a, an experiential aspect in your life. There's one thing to know something in our mind. It's another to know it experientially. Taste and see, I want you to experience that the Lord is good. God says He's good, and we can even experience it. Not just a mental understanding, but in our own personal relationship. Last week we talked from Psalm 115, and we talked about us being able to have idols in our life or us forming God in our own image. Is God too small? Over the next seven weeks, so this week and six following, and the weather looks good for next week, so we're planning our communion service. We're going to have our 9 o'clock mass service, our 1030, our our regular service, the way we do things around here. And so uh, the kids' wing will be back open. We're going to be uh, functioning regular communion uh, in the service. If you're online, make sure you can pick that up. So we're going to uh, continue moving into these attributes or these characteristics or the way God describes himself. These seven attributes, and this morning we're gonna talk as we are in this series, The Real God, the way God longs for us to see him, we wanna talk about the goodness of God. Here's my question for you today. Do I believe that God is good? I mean, do you really believe that in your heart, that God is good? We look at the trials of life, we look at circumstances around the world And we see difficulty in life. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, do we believe, taste and see, do we really experience that God is good? I mean, I think it must be true. The Bible says it. Maybe your parents taught you this as you were growing up. The the church reinforced that. You know, the the Bible says it. That settles it. Maybe you heard that uh, uh, over the years. It must be true. And... I have a couple mission letters to read to you really uh, that talk about God's goodness, God's blessing. Let me read one uh, to you. This is our, our missionaries in, in Ukraine, Ron and Nancy Mitten. And I, I just wanna get to the middle of this letter, but it says, as reported, our 2020 Bible college year was strong. Like almost every ministry, COVID-19 slowed everything down. But by God's grace, even in 2020, we had the most classes since 2005. We had even more classes, but we don't include uh, the shorter ones. Here's some of the things that happened in 2020. uh, 28 classes, an all-time high Uh, since they'd started in 2005. So Ron uh, is a professor and he teaches young pastors so they can be more effective in ministry. And he's taught 28 different classes. They now have 12 different teachers which is an all-time high as well. And most of these are Ukrainians, and uh, they're really solid Bible teachers. So he is teaching people to teach others, which is making disciples, right? Also in 2020, they went to a new city to do ministry, and they have uh, 200 first-time students taking Bible classes. I mean, this is exciting. And the fourth thing that he said uh, is that they've registered uh, over 2,100 people that have taken classes since he went to Ukraine. I mean, that is amazing. Thank God for Ron and Nancy, and they conclude by saying, thank God for God's grace and your prayers and help. Your financial support allows missionaries to be able to go and do this work in a field that probably most of us, if any of us, will never go to. And he's doing this work. You see, taste and see that the Lord is good. When we see the trials of life, let's have gratitude. An old hymn song that I sung growing up, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what God has done. You know, we can focus on the trials and difficulties of life or we can show gratitude and think about all the great things. We can uh, complain about the cold weather or we can sit in our nice warm living room and look out the window and see God's beauty, right? I mean, we can have uh, uh, the same information with two different perspectives in life. Having gratitude, counting our blessings, my first thought is simply this, we praise God during our blessings. Look at verse one here. Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Look at verse two. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. See the words bless, praise, boast. And then verse three, oh magnify the Lord with me. This is a joint thing. It's not just to be done in the privacy of our life. But as a group, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. These all are referring to showing gratitude. Here's what I'd really like you to do. Whether you have a prayer journal or a gratitude journal or maybe even at some point sitting around with a family or friends or just in your own private world taking a few minutes and trying to answer this question, what are some things that I can be grateful for today? How can I show God gratitude today? Whether we do that in our church services, or in our small groups, our personal devotions, or what we're encouraging during this series is go to livingontheedge.org, and there's some great family devotions on The Real God, and gathering your family together, and just talking about what can I be grateful for today? Taking a few minutes to do it. You know, Thanksgiving shouldn't be just a holiday once a year. Philippians says our prayers are to be with thanksgiving. Again, he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Share it with someone. Have a positive post. You know, there's plenty of negativity out on social media. Post something positive that God's doing in your life. We don't have to deal with all the uh, political scenes or, or uh, uh, riots or difficulties or trials that are going on or what's going on in the pandemic. Certainly, there's plenty of things we can complain about, but what can you show gratitude for God today? I have a second missionary letter I want to read to you as well, and I during this week I just read these two back to back, and I thought, wow. Notice the contrast. So, uh, if you know uh, Pastor Herndon from Summer Duck Baptist Church, and uh, our church uh, helped him uh, to go out there, but he has a missionary friend, his name is Ovidio, and and he keeps us us updated, and he's got an incredible ministry uh, in Romania, especially to the gypsy community, but throughout Romania, and he says, greetings from Romania, and a little bit later, he talks about somebody that got and saved. Her name is Monica, young Monica, who was 17 years old, when she trusted Christ. She has a special call to work with young people and children, especially the gypsies. She adjusted very quickly and well to the work and was faithfully serving. She turned 18 in December and a week later, she didn't feel well. She ended up in the hospital doing medical tests and was diagnosed with leukemia, 18 years old, serving God faithfully diagnosed with leukemia, a very advanced stage. She ended up in the hospital for a month. She went back uh, home to the local uh, hospital. They're still deciding whether they're going to have to do uh, a transplant or some other form of treatment. And Ovidio just said, pray that the Lord would heal her. We ask that you pray with us that the Lord would heal her. Wow. Wow. Somebody's dedicating their life to share the gospel with people. And right as they begin this, they have a serious health issue. Exciting. I read this letter about Ron Minton, a missionary, and all the wonderful things taking place. I'm like, God is good. And then I read this just about 30 seconds later about this girl named Monica who's serving God and giving her all and dedicated to reaching boys and girls and sharing the love of Jesus Christ and she ends up with leukemia. And I think there's points in life where it's difficult to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now look at the last part of verse 8 It's really important because we do praise God during the good times. We show gratitude. We thank him. But notice, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. Experience him. But blessed. Do you want to be blessed by God? you want to have the joy of God? Blessed is the man who trusts in him. God, it doesn't make sense about Monica. But I'm going to trust you. You are the faithful God that we just sang about. So God, I'm going to trust you. See, the key is trust. I'm going to trust him. Not just during the blessings of life, but also during the trials. Trust him during the trials of life. When God doesn't seem to make sense, when God doesn't even seem to be good and our experiences of life do not feel very good at all, I've done funeral services of baby and seeing a a baby in a coffin. I've buried seniors. I remember the funeral of my own mom. You think, where is the goodness of God? The doctor calls and says, it's cancer. Your spouse is suffering. Or your spouse says, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to stay in this relationship when a pandemic hits and you can't go to school and maybe you can't get to work and there's no sports and fear of losing your job or fear of even losing your life or your young adult expecting to get married by a certain age and that age passes. Or you're a married couple wanting to have a child and that child doesn't come. And throughout the Bible, this question is asked, why do the righteous suffer and why do the wicked prosper? Again, the key is to trust him, God, I thought you were good, but this doesn't seem good. Maybe you've seen the little logo on the back of cars or on a T-shirt, life is good. Two brothers, very optimistic, they said throughout their life they wanted to see the glass half full and they came up with that little phrase and sold shirts and made millions of dollars from that little idea just simply that life is good, but it doesn't always seem to be good. One person said they don't see the glass half empty. They see it three quarters empty. Now, that's a pessimist, isn't it? Do you see that God is good? Remember, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But maybe you got angry at God, and maybe you even feel guilty about it, but you still are angry. How could I trust a God that would allow that? Growing up, there's an old country song by a lady named Lynn Anderson. If you're old like me, you know it. If you're young, you probably don't. But she said, "I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden." You remember that, Bob? That's a a old song. You got it, Lars? You remember that song? You okay? Yeah, got it. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, they they have it back there. And you know, I think God probably says that as well. You know, I never promised you everything was going to be easy. And it's not. Now, let's look through this psalm because it starts off by praising God, but it moves into looking at this characteristic of God. Look at verse 4, if you will. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me. Let me say this. The only way you can be delivered is if you got trials going on to be delivered from. Right? It's not smooth sailing. It's not an easy path. But our God delivers us. He delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard and saved him or delivered him out of all his troubles. He didn't keep him from it. He said, I will deliver you from them. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. He's the deliverer. And then verse 17 The righteous cry out. This is what we're to do during trials. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. Aren't you thankful that he hears your prayers? You offer your petitions, and he listens. He's there, such a great God, a big God, and he hears, and what's he gonna do? And delivers them out of their troubles. No, he doesn't keep us from the trials of life, but he does keep us in those trials. Remember, we are not in heaven yet. And though God is good, people are not always good. Circumstances come. People make bad decisions. The devil is alive and well. And Jesus even said, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's the world we live in. But he said, but fear not, I've overcome. I've overcome the world. He says this in verse 18. The Lord is near. God, why is this coming in my life? I don't like these circumstances. And he said, but I don't want you just to trust in things. I want you to trust in me. I don't want you just to be happy in things. I want you to be happy in me. The Lord is near to those of a broken heart, not a happy heart, a full heart, a satisfied heart, a heart that has everything that it wants, but a broken heart. And he saves such that have a contrite spirit. Blessed are the broken because God wants to heal us. He's there for us. He asked the question, is he enough? Is God enough? Is God good? Remember the one man came to Jesus and he said, teacher, you're a good teacher. And he says, there's only one good and that's God. Jesus said God is good. Or Romans 2 verse 4 says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. You see, so often when we mess up and we have the wrong attitude and we do the wrong things and, and maybe we even get in a pattern of doing uh, wrong things, we think God's going to judge us, but he blesses us instead and we learn how good our God truly is, how he does offer us blessings. He goes on in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. See that word, many? Wow. Life's not intended to be perfect. We're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, so we need to learn how to deal with these things and to go to God because but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Many are the afflictions, but our God delivers, and I want you to see one thing. Go to the next verse, and it's so important because it's actually a prophetic verse about Jesus in the crucifixion. Notice what it says. He guards, talking about God toward Jesus, he guards all his bones, and not one of them is broken. That's very interesting. It is a prophecy about Jesus that when he died on the cross, though he was going to suffer, though he was tortured, a terrible death, not one of his bones would be broken, The two thieves on the side, their legs were broken. But Jesus had been treated so cruelly that he died before that was necessary. And his bones were never broken. He's talking about how God delivers us. And through all the agony and the difficulty, even when Jesus felt forsaken, remember, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he said, I want you to know, I'm only gonna let him go so far. Your bones will not be broken. I'm going to see you through this. And if we ever want to see the goodness of God demonstrated, it was when the wickedness of man put our Savior on the cross that he took our place, that our sins could be forgiven, and we could end up in heaven. You see, that's a good God. He gave his son that we could have eternal life. He guards all his bones. The father was overseeing and watching over him even at that moment in time when it seemed like God had turned his back upon his son. So how do I deal with this attribute, the goodness of God? Well, last week we saw Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when? When? When you search for me with all your heart. Am I buying in? Am I all in? Am I willing to search after him? Again in Psalm 34 verse four. I sought the Lord. See that's the key. Seeking the Lord. God, circumstances don't seem good but I am going to seek you. I sought the Lord and he heard me And he delivered me from all my fears, even when life doesn't seem good. The next verse says this they looked to him, looking to God, and were radiant. They were lightened, their countenance was bright. It's the same idea that we see in Exodus 32 through 34 when Moses said, God, show me your glory. You remember that story? And maybe even in your small group, you'll talk about that uh, story this week in Exodus 32 through 34. And Moses came down the mountain and his face was radiant. Same idea here. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. When I... Seek after this good God. He changes our countenance. In verse 10, the young lion lacks and suffers hunger. I was sharing that verse with Paula earlier in the week. Wow, there are times, you know, he says he feeds the birds, right? He cares for things. But there are times that animals suffer. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Why? Because God is good. Do you remember in the book of Hebrews and it talks about by faith how they conquered and were able to do all these wonderful things but also by faith there were some that were persecuted and tortured and faced great difficulty right in the middle of that passage where he's talking about how faith uh, works and what faith is. In verse six, he says this, Hebrews 11:6. six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that comes to God, there's two things. One must believe that he is. We must believe in the existence of God. There has to be a God. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you seek God, he said, I can be found and I am a rewarder. He's just simply saying that I am a good God. So as we go down through this verse, just one last uh, verse as we pass through verse 11. Come. You children, listen to me. The psalmist is saying, hey, I want to teach my children. I want to teach my group. I want people to understand this. Listen to what I have to say. Listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of God. Do you want to learn about the goodness of God? Well, it's a lesson that has to be taught, sometimes through experience and difficulty, sometimes deep heartache, I don't want you just to know this mentally. I want you to experience this taste and see that the Lord is good. These lessons must be learned. I got a text from Pastor Steve this morning, actually, like right before I began to speak. and He sent me a picture when he took a family vacation in Panama City, I think is what he told me. And it's a beautiful picture of a sun, I guess it's a sunrise and uh, you see the, the beach scene, and Pastor Steve, maybe you'd even uh, consider posting this picture today, but he said, every day is a classroom, something he had put together a while back. Every day is a classroom. If you're around him very long, that's something he likes to say. Every day is a classroom, and then here's his prayer, Lord, help me be a good student. There's some lessons we just have to learn. And I don't know if you remember, you see, we started talking about gratitude, praising God in the blessings, trusting him during the battles and the trials of life. But let me encourage you to do one more thing. Praise him during the trials too. Look at verse 1 again. We have it on the screen for you here. I will bless the Lord at all times, not just good times, but even bad times. If I can say thank you, God, for. Chip Ingram, who put this material together, shares a story about a friend of his who was a missionary, and they were at the beach and saw a young boy got caught out in the riptide. And he went to save this boy and he rescued the boy. But right when he pushed the boy in, the waves sucked him back out and his body, his face was pressed up against the ground. He could not get out of it. And he's breathing his last breath. When all of a sudden something happened, he just released himself instead of fighting and a wave pushed him out. He comes out of that wave, is coughing and gagging. He's sitting there with his family. and Another one of his friends comes up to him, and he just simply says, God is good. And his friend said this, and God would be good even if you didn't live. Wow. Our God is good. Life's not always good, but we trust him. And we praise him no matter what comes our way. We may not understand it here, but we can. When our eyes enter the beauty of heaven and we can look back and we say, now I understand your plan, God. Let's just trust him by faith today. Get your gratitude journal out. Thank him. Praise him. If you're facing some trials, maybe you need to get your prayer journal out and just pray to him because the Lord hears. Why? Because he is good. Can we just as an individual or as a couple or a family this morning, just bow your heads and pray to God. Just thank him. Thank him for the blessings of life. But thank him also for the trials, those prayers that didn't get answered, those hopes and dreams that you thought were going to happen, but they haven't. Thank him and trust him this morning. And as we looked at the cross of Jesus and his great goodness, friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're not certain that when you die, that you'll go to heaven, that your sins have been forgiven. Call upon his name this morning. Ask him to be your savior. Something like this. You admit your sin. By faith, trust what Jesus did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection and call unto him, Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. I have offended you, a holy God. But right now, by faith, I ask Jesus to come into my life forgive my sins please take me to heaven when I die and just thank him for your salvation if you trusted Christ last week or last month or 40 years ago just thank him for salvation thank him that one day we get to go to heaven we're not in heaven yet but he's still good just take a moment and thank him or as we conclude if you're with a friend, with your family. Just talk about that idea. Do I believe God is good? And how can I show gratitude this morning? Lord, as the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Lord, that's a challenge for us today. When we would rather complain, be critical or bitter, when we would rather post something that's negative, when we would rather tear somebody down, show anger or fear, Lord, help us to bless you. I pray that you'd be with that individual that's listening, <clears throat> listening this morning. Grant them a heart of gratitude. <clears throat> I pray for families. I pray for couples. That today we would be able to share good things. That we would show our thankfulness to each other. That our love for others, even difficult people, would be demonstrated. May that be so in our life. God, help us to believe you. Help us to believe that you are good, that we would taste and see it, experience it in our own life. And, Lord, if trials are in our life right now, help us to trust you and to thank you in the midst of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for hanging out with us uh, this morning. Just a couple things I want to remind you about. Remember, next Sunday, the weather uh, should be much better. Uh, so next Sunday, nine o'clock, a fully mass service as you're coming in throughout the whole service and as you exit. So that's a mass service. Our 1030 is our regular uh, service as well. So we hope you will uh, join us for one of those. We have our small group classes. If you haven't signed up, you still can sign up for one of those. I'm teaching one on Wednesday. There's one on many days of the week. You can Zoom or come live, have some great things going on. So join us for that. Also, in our Christmas offering, if you recall, that we took up part of that offering for a special church consultant or, or a coach to come in and help us. So over the next couple weeks, you're gonna get an email that's a survey for our congregation. So when you get that survey, open it up and take that survey as well. It's gonna help us to grow and become a better church in 2021. So we appreciate that as well. Just a couple more things. If you are a guest and you have never uh, sent the text to 540 uh, Four six 4917 Just text welcome And we want to keep you updated Or if you're not on the text As a regular part of the Choice family Same phone number and just text the word Loop so the word welcome Or loop if uh, you want to stay in the loop With information what's going on And uh, go ahead and text that uh, As well March 7th Is our new ministry year for every member Of minister so we hope that you'll get involved You can find Discover Your Ministry Online and we have uh, some tools for you to help find that ministry. Our teens have a special Teen Hole uh, Cornhole uh, Tournament coming up as well, and then thanks for uh, giving online. Could you imagine... If uh, uh, your faithfulness uh, of giving electronically and online hasn't been going on the last couple weeks with us not having church, I just want to say thank you to all those that give uh, sacrificially. And we appreciate your commitment. And uh, you can see online how to give as well. But I hope uh, that you have a fantastic week. May God bless you. And I hope more than anything this week that you will taste and see that the Lord is good. God bless you. Have A fantastic week.